it's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. It's Wednesday, which, of course, uh, regular listeners know means we're going to have our political roundtable coming up in about an hour, two hours of commentary and analysis about the headlines uh, from the worlds of politics and current events. And, of course, we'll uh, definitely be talking about yesterday's primary election in Michigan and uh, some of the interesting outcomes there. Uh, But first, we're going to um, talk not so much about these uh, midterm elections that are going on right now, but... uh, some uh, a couple of governors who have their eyes set on the next presidential election in 2024 possibly and uh joining me by phone uh a guest that was on the show recently talking about um his book and i gotta i gotta find the title it's, i'm not sure if it's in my notes here um oh yeah yeah it's yeah, yeah. the uh it's the people's spiral of U.S. history. That's right. That's right. From uh, Harvey Wasserman, he joins me by phone. Good morning, Harvey. Welcome to, back to the show. Great to be with you. Um, Harvey, you just wrote uh, an editorial that talks about the uh, the two governors, one in Florida, Ron DeSantis, and uh, Gavin Newsom in California, and what how they how they are treating solar energy. Um, can you set that up a little bit for us? Well, the the utility industry, uh, with their fossil fuels and nuclear power, is desperately trying to kill uh, the rooftop solar industry. Because if people have solar panels on their rooftops, they don't need a utility industry. And um, so there has been a piece of legislation or regulation going around that was probably written by the Koch brothers, the big, um, you know, uh, <laughs> fossil fuel interest that taxes and does other things to make it difficult to put solar panels on the rooftop. And uh, this legislation has turned up or um, similar pieces in both California and in Florida, as well as in other states. And in California, um, it's in front of the Public Utilities Commission, there's been no vote directly on it. And um, it appears that the governor is going to let it just sort of slip through. In Florida, it was passed by the legislature, and um, uh, it's been now been vetoed by Ron DeSantis, so who's an extreme right-winger. And these are the two guys who are likely, like among the most likely, 
to be nominated by their parties for the presidency in uh, 24. And uh, so the irony is you have the great liberal, uh, Gavin Newsom, uh, supporting the decimation of solar energy, whereas you have uh, the extreme right-wing Ron DeSantis uh, vetoing it. It's a very interesting dynamic, but, you know, it's going on all over the country. Uh, this new energy bill that's been signed off on by Joe Manchin, but not yet by Kristen Sinema, um, um, provides a, a pretty major revival of the solar industry, which has been under attack from the fossil fuel and nuclear power industries. With regular uh, regulatory authorities, um, like the ones that are backing this uh, legislation in California, um, how... How are they justifying any sort of regulation for solar energy? What, how are regulators providing any safety to the public? Well, they're not. I mean, we, we have these 92 atomic reactors. I mean, I understand uh, with nuclear energy, Harvey, you know, there's, there's uh, you know, what to do with the waste, and there's accidents that can be catastrophic. There are oil spills and all kinds of other things, and you can understand how a certain amount of regulation might be, you know, important for public safety, but how does solar create any risk? It doesn't. And uh, so, well, the, actually, the risk it creates is to the future of the utility industry. <laughs> I was I right. was talking about physical safety there, Harvey, <laughs> not not right. protecting the wealth of uh, oil barons. Well, that that that's exactly who's being threatened because if you can own a, a solar panel on your rooftop, then you don't need the oil-based or coal-based or gas-based or nuclear-based utility industry. And so this, this really spells the end of the utility industry as we know it. And the, the utilities are fighting back as hard as they can. You're starting to hear all this nonsense about how nuclear can fight global warming. It's completely insane. But, you know, only nuclear can keep the industry, utility industry going. Because then you have to buy your electricity from a nuclear plant that they own as opposed to producing it on your own rooftop and selling it back to the grid. And this is what the uh, utility industry uh, can't handle and is trying to kill. You know, I've talked to a number of different people with a variety of perspectives on nuclear energy. On one hand, it is extremely clean and efficient and provides a, a great deal of power. But then there's what to do with the waste that has never really been properly addressed. And then I've talked to some people who think that we're we're doing it wrong that somehow there are fuels that that burn and and um more fully exhaust themselves and there isn't the waste and and are we maybe just doing nuclear a little wrong Uh, you know if we were to build plants a little differently and use different uh, uh a different element that that we might be able to um do better no, nuclear is completely unusable. Uh, there's talk of small reactors. They're talking about 
thorium reactors, they talk about fusion reactors, none of them can compete with solar energy or with wind energy for that matter. We thankfully, Tom, have the answer to our energy problems, which is solar panels on rooftops and also, by the way, covering bodies of water, uh, because solar panels actually operate better when they're cooled. Um, uh, it's counterintuitive, but uh, cooling a nuclear plant, uh, uh, sorry, cooling a solar panel actually makes it way more efficient. So one of the things, in addition to putting solar panels on rooftops, we want to float them on bodies of water like Lake Mead, which is disappearing and terrifying. Uh, the Colorado River, the California Aqueduct, if you float solar panels on these bodies of water, the water cools them, and, and the panels prevent the uh, evaporation that is costing us our water supply. So this is a big uh, synergy that is really uh, important to have happen. Now, Harvey, you, um, because of your involvement with Solartopia, um, you've been watching this stuff for a long time. When you talk about floating solar panels on water, does it have to be naturally occurring water, or can big tanks be made to mount uh, panels on? Well, what we need is um, um, uh, on bodies of water that are, are reservoirs that we're losing, that are, that are evaporating. You know, if you've seen the aerial maps of Lake yeah. Mead, um, it's almost gone. And, uh, you know, we've lost the hydropower from Hoover Dam, and we lose the back up the water supply that we really need. And the great thing about floating solar panels is that they, as I say, they operate more efficiently because they're cooled, and they also prevent the evaporation that, uh, you know, we lose, we lose how, half. How, how, do they, uh, how do they prevent evaporation? They just block the sun. Instead of the oh, sun directly it. hits the water, it hits the uh, solar panel. So the so, solar panel uh, is absorbing the sunlight, which is what you want it to do. And at the yeah. same time, it's blocking it from the water to to uh, uh, to get away from the evaporation. Right, but also, you know, every home, every every business, every factory, these rooftops need to be covered with solar energy, solar panels, because uh, they they are efficient, they're clean, uh, they're extremely low cost. And getting lower, I mean, you know, the history of, the recent history of solar energy, along with wind energy, by the way, along with batteries and increased efficiency, is they keep getting better and better, whereas nuclear power keeps getting worse. The, the cost of operating old nuclear reactors is skyrocketing. And the average age of a nuclear reactor in the United States, Tom, is 39. Now, how many, how many of your listeners are driving 39-year-old cars. They also don't have insurance. <laughs> how, well, how I, don't know how many, I don't know how many are, Harvey, but I might be one of them. <laughs> oh, cool. So you've got an old car. You know what it's like. Um, uh, you know, that, and by the way, do you have insurance on your car? Yes. Well, in most states in the United States, you can't drive a car that's not insured. But nuclear power plants don't have insurance. They, they, have, they have gone all these years, and no private insurer has stepped forward to guarantee 
the health and safety of the people downwind. They couldn't, uh, they couldn't you know, even get something through Lloyd's? No. If you, if you <laughs> Lloyd's takes house, chances. Yeah, well, that, nobody wants the nuclear chance. So if you own a house, take a look at your homeowner's insurance policy because they all have an exemption paragraph saying that they will not uh, indemnify your house against uh, the fallout, the radioactive fallout from a commercial atomic reactor. That's the bottom line here. So uh, 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 they should, I mean, if you're going to require automobiles, to have uh, insurance, why would you not require a nuclear plant? They don't do it. So we have 92 uninsured reactors around the United States that are, again, are like I say, their average age is 39 years old. You know, people say, oh, nuclear power this, nuclear power that. It's not an issue of nuclear power. Nuclear power is not the question. The question is the reactors. Each and every one of them is old. It has different quirks. And, uh, you know, little, little things here and there. As I say, if you own a, an old car, you know that you got to kick it here and bump it there. But, and, but these old reactors um, are, are more and more dangerous every day. And then you have, like, the Abo Canyon in California, which Gavin Newsom wants to continue to operate, um, uh, surrounded by earthquake faults. And uh, the... Nuclear Regulatory Commission inspector at Diablo Canyon, after five years of working there, said that the Diablo Canyon cannot withstand a credible earthquake fault or earthquake and should shut. Uh, well, know, and after that, what happened at Fukushima, I, I would think people would be walking on pins and needles. I am. I live in Los Angeles. I have four children, grandchildren in Los Angeles. Um, I know full well that if the San Andreas Fault uh, goes off, God forbid, a Diablo Canyon will turn into a pile of radioactive rubble. It will explode, and it will send radioactive clouds south into Los Angeles, east into the Central Valley, and north into the Bay Area. There are no evacuation plans. You know, in the, in the middle of Fukushima, the prime minister of Japan, Nato Khan, was contemplating trying to trying to evacuate Tokyo. Now, you're you're talking about something that's absolutely inconceivable, uh, and yet he was going to have to do it. And uh, thankfully, luckily for Japan, for the people of Japan, the prevailing winds of Fukushima were out to sea. Harvey, no, I, I have to, I hate to interrupt, but I have to go to break here. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? Yes, of course. Excellent. Happy to talk to you. My guest is Harvey Wasserman, and we're talking about uh, actually solar energy, although we've been talking about nuclear power the last couple of minutes. If you're listening to us on WFOVLP, our voice is Radio 92.1 FM in Flint. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be right back. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Sterling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind, and check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Babies come with lots of decisions. Cloth or disposable? Crib or bassinet? So when it comes to protection, go with the safest, most effective choice, vaccination. Get all the recommended vaccines for your baby by age two to protect your child against 14 serious childhood diseases. For more reasons to vaccinate, talk to your child's doctor. Go to cdc.gov vaccines or call 800-CDC-INFO. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. 
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation about uh, solar energy and and, uh, wind power, for that matter, with uh, Harvey Wasserman, who joins me by phone. Harvey, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. Well, listen, it's great to be on your show, and you should understand that I am a U of M graduate, class of 67. Uh, well, go blue. I was a senior of the Michigan Daily, and uh, back in the day, and uh, there was no place on earth that I loved more than Ann Arbor. It was just absolutely having to be there, and I'd be there still uh, if I could have. Well, go blue. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um, Harvey, we were talking a little bit about nuclear energy, but let's get back to, to solar energy because I see solar energy growing in two directions. One, individual consumption. People putting solar panels on the roof of their homes and and trying to set up some sort of battery backup system, especially in places like Michigan where the sun doesn't shine as quite as often as it, it might in L.A. Um, but... Um, the other is big solar farms and, and and things by utility companies that are trying to transition to solar and and wind power. And I I guess what I'm wondering is what the math is like when I first started hearing about solar energy, in order to supply enough energy to meet the needs of the United States. There'd have to be a solar farm the size of about four states in the, in the Southwest. Um, has that changed? Oh, radically. The, the the solar panels are way, 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 way more efficient. Yeah, I want to try and I want to try and figure out how the how the math on this works because. The utility companies are trying to get there first, and they're trying to block individuals from basically going off the grid. Exactly. Solar panels on a rooftop mean the end of the utility industry because you don't need them anymore. You can get the energy you need from the solar panels. You have a battery in your basement. The battery technology has just really exploded, and then you have chargers on the house. Um, to, so that when you when you get your electric car, you never have to go to the gas station again. It's a very very neat, and also the the battery in the car serves as a backup for your house and for the grid in general. Uh, it's a whole new paradigm uh, that is is more than ready to go, and the the utility industry is entrenched and terrified of this because uh, it's game over for the utilities when you get. Uh, renewable energy on on your on your home on your business uh, and on the local factories and uh, you you know there's you can put it in the desert it does work in the desert but the best place for solar panels is on the rooftops and as we said on the bodies of water that are evaporating that we need to protect from uh, you know losing all our our backup water so uh, it's a remarkable technology uh, you know we're we're starting to see now. A battery of cells turn up on cars themselves, and of course on airplanes. In the long term, we'll be powering much of our air travel and much of our car travel directly with solar. They're actually also um, in Europe 
uh, they've developed um, uh, highways that uh, can generate electricity, which um, is, is technology is not all that complicated. It's pretty simple stuff. We developed it. The, the first photovoltaic cells came out of the Bell Labs in New Jersey as part of the space program. I've actually held in my hand the very first solar cell was produced at Bell Labs, uh, and it still generates electricity. The second uh, solar cell went up uh, on one of the satellites that's been part of our uh, space program for obvious reasons. So, you know, it's a tremendously viable, powerful technology that needs to happen. Meanwhile, I do want to tell you something real quick, Tom. Yeah. Not to uh, uh, be uh, obsessed, but in 1966, I was at the U of M, and um, I was on the paper, and uh, I never heard that on October 5th, 1966, uh, there was a, almost an explosion at the Fermi nuclear plant uh, in Monroe. And uh, they actually kept it quiet, but they were, the authorities were trying to figure out how they might evacuate Detroit. And there was a, a tremendous book written about it. Uh, in fact, this is how I learned about the accident. The book was published in the mid-1970s by, uh, by Reader's Digest, uh, you know, that radical leftist publication. And uh, it was written by a guy named John G. Ford. It was called We Almost Lost Detroit. And it, uh, it was terrifying to me to read because here I had graduated U of M in 67. I was on the paper. Uh, I was completely plugged into the news. And I never heard about this accident. Uh, until years later. But, the, but we really were on the brink of losing Detroit and the Great Lakes, um, and the, uh, perhaps Ann Arbor, too. So uh, you and Flint, uh, the, these things are... Through an, really, equi really through an equipment failure? Well, it was, it was a sodium-cooled reactor, and uh, there was a blockage in the coolant, and, um, and they, they really lucked out. Uh, to this day, it's it was a really, really close call. And the sodium reactors can explode um, just like like uh, some kind of bomb that you've never seen. And uh, the damage would have been incalculable. Uh, no, Michigan and the whole United States would have never recovered from this thing. And so uh, and now we have atomic reactors in California that are surrounded by earthquake faults. Um, uh, I'm actually marked in Japan in the 1970s, and people were warning, telling the Japanese government, you do not build nuclear power plants, well, you don't build them at all, but especially you don't build them in an earthquake zone that has been washed by tsunamis. And the government said, oh, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. And then exactly you know, what we warned about happened at Fukushima. Those are four American reactors that blew up. And they actually blew up. And um, you, if you look at the pictures of Unit 3 at Fukushima, which had plutonium fuel in it, it looks like a nuclear explosion. It's a mushroom cloud. We can't continue to operate 92 atomic reactors that are uninsured and uninspected and think that we're going to get away with it. Those reactors have to shut as soon as possible. And as you've been, you and I have been talking, we do have solar we also have wind, by the way, and wind energy is great in the Great Lakes. Um, uh, if you look at the wind maps of the world, 
you see the, the deep purple, the really most powerful winds uh, among many are in the Great Lakes. You can, you can easily power all of uh, Detroit and Toronto, Buffalo, Cleveland, um, uh, the cities uh, in the Great Lakes, uh, uh, Chicago, um, you know, uh, the cities in the western and western Michigan and northern Michigan, like Flint, to get all their electricity from windmills in the lakes. And uh, there's no reason not to and it should be done as soon as possible. The uh, getting back to the uh, the solar panels on rooftops, there's been um, a, a reluctance by some people in and around Michigan and some of the other northern states about using rooftop solar panels because um, they get snow covered and blocked. Well, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem, and you you gotta get get somebody on there to sweep them off. Um, uh, so yes, and there's other problems with wind and, and, uh, you know, there's problems with everything. But it, the, it, seems, panel, it seems like solar, solar panels did, that could be designed to, um, have, have its own heat source that would melt they, the snow and, and perhaps, and, and I've heard some people say, well, you know, just put it at an angle, you know, set yes, it up at an angle and. Both those both those work, and you know if they if your if your angle is steep enough, then the, the snow's not going to stick, and uh, th- that'll be good. And plus, as I said, the solar panels work better when they're cold. That's why uh, the best state in the country for solar is actually Colorado, because uh, the the uh, they have three hundred days of sun, and it's cold in the winter there. So, but Michigan is perfectly fine. Uh, the, the panels need to be put at an angle. They can have built-in um, uh, heaters. And uh, this isn't rocket scientists. It's, uh, you know, this, this stuff is known and it's improving. Well, as, as it's improving, and this is something I, I, I want to get make sure that we get to, Harvey, with, um, with solar energy for an individual home. Can they completely meet their own power needs with the <laughs> solar panels and battery uh, uh, batteries that are available? And and how well, affordable I, is it? Well, it's getting more and more affordable every day, and it's certainly more affordable than nuclear. There's nothing more expensive than nuclear power. These reactors are old; they don't operate well. Uh, they um, they can blow up and cause more damage than anyone can ever imagine. It, the solar panels depends how big your roof is, and if you've got good southern exposure. And um, uh, the irony is actually you can put ba- batteries in the basement, uh, which are getting more and more efficient. Yeah, you can also, by the way, completely um, make your house more efficient. You know, there's been a real revolution in efficiency, especially with LED lighting. And you can you can take your uh, energy needs way way down, and I write about this in a book called Solartopia, by the way, S O L A R T O P I A. People who are interested can write me directly, Solartopia at Gmail, and I have a new history book out called The People's Spiral of U.S. History. You can write me directly if that, about that, Solartopia at Gmail. But the reality is that uh, one of the neat tricks that's going on is that people are using electric cars as their battery backup. 
So if you have solar panels on the house, uh, you can have a battery in the basement, but you can also have a plug-in for your car. And so you directly, you know, charge the car when you're not driving it, and then you can get pull the energy back out of the car uh, when when you need it. But between solar panels, increasingly efficient and cheap, uh, batteries in the basement, and your solar car, your your chargeable car, which can also be a, a hybrid, but needs to be a plug-in, um, we 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 can take a great leap forward uh, away from our dependence on what I call King Kong, which is coal, oil, nukes, and gas. We can get rid of all of them. We can save our earth, but we really got to get the utility industry out of the way. Well, let me let me ask about cars. Have they figured out yet a way to? Um, to make the batteries that operate electric cars rechargeable by the car's momentum itself, the way alternators yeah. do? Yeah, that's been a part of the uh, solar technology for a long time. Um, and it, it, you know, they pick up the uh, uh, kinetic energy and, and uh, from braking, and, and it goes back into the battery. That's, that's a known, it's been done for a while, and uh, it works. Uh, there are a lot of other little tricks of the trade, uh, but uh, you know, including where we are going to get electric roads. Because one of the things that people complain about with regard to uh, the available electric cars is is that they can only go three or four hundred miles on a charge, and that it takes well, a, a long time to charge a car. Yeah, all that technology is moving forward. It's not exactly rocket science. There, if you look at the curves of increased efficiency on, on those technologies, it's remarkable how quickly uh, things have been moving ahead. Well, let's, um, let's talk but, about that moving ahead because, you know, for years, doomers have been saying that by, you know, 2040, 2050, you know, we're all done. You know, over and out, <laughs> climate change is going to, you know, destroy the planet at least for organic life. And well, the, right the, question, the question I have is, as this technology moves us forward, are we pushing the timeline back? Yes, we are. The, the problem is that the major corporations that are invested in fossil fuels and nuclear power are standing in the way because their profits, uh, you know, the way our system works, their profits come before our general well-being. And so this is the challenge we face, is that the, the solar uh, creates way more jobs. If you're in California, for example, uh, there are 1,200 guys, 1,200 people, mostly guys, but certainly some women, working at the Diablo Canyon nuclear plant, 1,200. There are 70,000 people working in wind and solar in California. There are more people working in wind and solar in California than are digging coal in the entire United States. Now, in Michigan, you have tremendous wind potential all the way across the state. And uh, you also have, of course, solar. Uh, but wind is a very, very big deal. And, of course, putting in, in Lake Michigan and Lake Erie um, uh, makes a huge amount of sense. So, you know, these, you know, cities like Grand Rapids and Muskegon on the, on the West Coast and then uh, Detroit and Monroe, 
on the east coast and then Flint up north. I mean, all these cities could be running with, with windmills across the state. Uh, you know, solar panels are great, of course, and they should be on everybody's home. Uh, but the climate in Michigan may actually be more wind friendly. Now, you're not going to have your own windmill unless you own a farm. But um, uh, you, you can put the panels on your rooftop, and then you can have community-owned windmills. There's a lot of them in Minnesota where, where the communities have tremendous uh, benefit from owning their own wind machines. And, uh, and this works great. And again, utilities don't like it but the, because it challenges their monopoly. How do we get the, our, our elected officials, our representatives, on track to prevent us from holding back on, on uh, future technology um, for financial reasons? How, how, do, how, do we, how do we get to where it's okay if we want to drop off the grid? Well, we have to get the money out of the politics. I mean, because the utility industry really does not want this to happen. You know, your your big central utilities in Michigan and everywhere else. I mean, you had your water crisis in Michigan, and now the same kinds of you know cynical big corporate money uh, is trying to stand in the way of the clean stuff that'll put them out of business. That's the reality. So. You want to you want to get get your governors and your state reps um, uh, to, to to support this and to not take money from the utility industry. That's what's got to happen, and that's the crisis we face in our country from sea to shining sea. Here, is you've got these big utility companies and these big uh, fossil nuclear interests that uh, do, do not want to have solar proceed and and are more than happy to make so-called donations to their to the people who run the government to keep us mired in this nightmare and that's got to stop you know we got to get money out of politics how did DeSantis and Newsom end up on um, opposite sides of the issue and in positions reversed from what you'd expect well everybody was aware in Florida of this terrible bill that they put through to uh, basically make it impossible to have rooftop solar. The, 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 um, the polls in Florida showed like 90% opposition to this bill, and it was very well known. So Newsom, uh, uh, DeSantis really had no choice if he wanted to have a political future. So he was just being pragmatic. Exactly. In California, they're pulling this off pretty quietly. They're using a uh, you know a bill uh, through that's in front of the Public Utilities Commission, and they're playing the game, uh, and they're doing the same thing with the nuclear plants. I mean, you just had, thankfully, the Palisades reactor shut in Michigan. Thank goodness that was really really a dangerous reactor. In Michigan, they, in, in California, you got these two on the earthquake faults, and they're trying to keep them open. And, um, you know, big, 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 big money is being spent to protect these reactors. And it's really a terrible thing. So we'll see. I mean, we're working on Gavin Newsom. He wants to be governor, uh, president, as does Ron DeSantis. Those are the two likeliest nominees in 24. I will tell you that historically, 
I do have a book, The People's Spiral of U.S. History. Right. And historically, in our presidential elections, the taller candidate usually wins, uh, except for the last uh, two elections, which is the opposite. Although Hillary Clinton won the popular vote in 2016, um, and then uh, Joe Biden won it in, uh, in 2020, uh, Trump is taller than both these guys, these people, both Hillary and uh, uh, Biden. But, you know, uh, what can I say? But I've met Gavin Newsom. He's a good 6'5", and uh, I don't know how tall Ron DeSantis is, but uh, in, in a contest based on height, uh, Gavin Newsom will definitely win. <laughs> how how would he do uh, in getting the nomination if he goes up against uh, an incumbent Joe Biden? I well, I, I think he wouldn't. Uh, I doubt that he'd run against Joe Biden actually. Yeah, but uh, um, you know, uh, if Biden wants to stay in there, uh, you know, listen, I'm seventy six, so <laughs> I can't imagine being president but you know if this guy wants to keep doing it uh all in all he's not been a bad president um uh, but you know I've, I've studied presidents believe me uh our very worst president by the way was a tall democrat named woodrow wilson he was a horrible president um uh, uh, trump is not our worst president uh, that woodrow wilson was but e even even when edith galt was running things yes yeah, she was terrible <laughs> we've had two we've had two women who've who've essentially been president, who've run the country. Edith Galt, as you mentioned, his his uh, wife who took over after Wilson had a stroke and was out of it for the last year of his presidency, and then Nancy Reagan. And who you know, Ronnie had Alzheimer's uh, from eighty five or so on. People dispute it, but not his son. I mean his son would know. And uh, Nancy Reagan was actually a pretty good president. Um, she she was pro-choice, by the way. She would be she was Nancy Reagan, if she was around, would be campaigning uh, to guarantee the right to an abortion. And you, in Michigan, of course, are going to have this on the ballot. Um, uh, Seven hundred fifty thousand signatures, very significant. And yeah. yesterday, as you know, the voters of Kansas turned down an attempt to make uh, abortion illegal. It, you know, so, the fact that it was Kansas makes it really kind of stand out a little bit. Yes, it does. You that know, was unexpected. Kansas. Well, I'm not so sure because, you know, listen, I've got five daughters, so um, um, we're not, we don't, we don't worry about the abortion issue in this house. And um, it's, it's crazy that uh, they, they're trying to repeal it and they think that women are just going to let this go by. Well, Harvey. It's a very, very big we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to end it there, Harvey. But as you know, I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about and about you and your work, past, present, and future. We got about thirty seconds. Uh, do you have a website you'd like to share? I do. My website is solartopia.org. I run a, a Zoom, I convene a Zoom meeting every Monday at five p.m. Eastern time on issues of the environment and election protection. We're about to do our 105th. We have about 100 people on. Write me directly, solartopia at gmail. My book, which is available on Amazon, is um, uh, The People's Spiral of U.S. History. And I also have a book called Solartopia. 
uh, about a hundred percent renewable world. Harvey, thanks, Hi, and keep up the good work. Blue Lions, and you're hey, great to be with you. And Summer go blue. <laughs> right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know, I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, file a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it, you're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 15th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flynn Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community School. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Long Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan. Flipflip Technology. My Community College. It's Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. 
engineering and IT services at swiftland.technology. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Actually, I did rather well myself this past Christmas. The nicest present I received was a gift certificate good at any hospital for a lobotomy. <laughs> Thoughtful. Now, now, if I may digress momentarily from the mainstream of this evening's symposium, I'd like to sing a song which is completely pointless, but is something which I picked up during my career as a scientist. This may prove useful to some of you someday, perhaps, in a somewhat bizarre set of circumstances. It's simply the names of the chemical elements set to a possibly recognizable tune. There's antimony, arsenic, aluminum, selenium, and hydrogen, and oxygen, and nitrogen, and rhenium, and nickel, neodymium, neptunium, germanium, and iron, americium, ruthenium, uranium, europium, zirconium, lutetium, vanadium, and lanthanum, and osmium, and astatine, and radium, and golden protactinium, and indium, and gallium, and iodine, and thorium, and thulium, and thallium. There's yttrium, ytterbium, actinium, rubidium, aboran, gadolinium, niobium, iridium, and strontium, and silicon, and silver, and samarium, and bismuth, chromium, lithium, beryllium, and barium. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I knew you would. I hope you're all taking notes, because there's going to be a short quiz next period. <laughs> There's holmium and helium and hafnium and erbium and phosphorus and francium and fluorine and terbium and manganese and mercury and magnesium and sprosium and scandium and cerium and cesium and lead, praseodymium and platinum and plutonium, palladium, promethium, potassium, polonium and tantalum, tenesium, titanium, tellurium and cadmium and calcium and chromium and curium. There's sulfur, californium, and fermium, berkelium, and also mendelevium, einsteinium, nobelium, and arc, and kryptonium, radon, xenon, zinc, and rhodium, and chlorine, carbon, cobalt, copper, tungsten, tin, and sodium. These are the only ones of which the news has come to Harvard. And there may be many others, but they haven't been discovered. She wheels her wheelbarrow through streets that are narrow. Her barrow is narrow, her hips are too wide. So wherever she wheels it, the neighborhood feels it. Her girdle keeps scraping the homes on each side. In Dublin's fair city, where girls are so pretty, my Molly stands out cause she weighs 18 stone. That's 256 pounds. I don't mind her fat, but It's not only that, but she's cockeyed and muscle-bound, Molly Malone.
I know a man, his name is Lang, and he has a neon sign. And Mr. Lang is very old, so they call it Old Lang Sign. Oh, what have you done, Billy Sal, Billy Sal? Oh, what have you done, Charming Billy? You took almost every cent from the U.S. government, which you spent on fertilizer, which is silly. All day, all night, Cary Grant. That's all I hear from my wife is Cary Grant. What can he do that I can't? Big deal, big star, Cary Grant. Oh, the moon is bright tonight upon the car wash. So I'm having my Volkswagen washed again. But the way things go with me, the way my luck runs, just as soon as they're finished, it will rain. <laughs> On top of old Smokey, all covered with hair. Of course, I'm referring to Smokey the Bear. Here's a famous old folk song that you all know entitled Aura Lee. Every time you take vaccine, take it orally. As you know, the other way is more painfully. My grandfather's clock was the best ever made by the Timex company. Just like the clock John Cameron Swayze displayed last night on the old TV. Oh, it works underwater so perfectly, and it still makes a ticking sound, which my grandfather tried only this afternoon, and that's how the old man drowned. Do not make a stingy sandwich pile the cold cuts high. Customers should see salami coming through the right. Oh, I diet all day and I diet all night. It's enough to drive me bats. Got no gravy or potatoes, cause the whole refrigerator's full of polyunsaturated fats. Fairly well, Metrical, and the others of that ilk. Let the diet start tomorrow, cause today I'll drown my sorrow in a double malted milk. Oh, when you go to the delicatessen star, don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. I repeat what I just said before. Don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. Oh, buy the corned beef if you must. The pickled herring you can trust. And the locks puts you in orbit. A-OK. -okay. But that big hunk of liverwurst has been there since October 1st. 
And today is the 23rd of May So when you go to the delicatessen star Don't buy the liverwurst Don't buy the liverwurst Don't buy the liverwurst It'll make your insides awful sore Don't buy the liverwurst Don't buy the liverwurst This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
you pilots get off my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here.